You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. People fired up over Hall of Fame ballot revealed, and also, or at least the nominees, to be in the Hall of Fame. And uh, LeBron James, did he get away with something? Get off lightly with only a one-game suspension. Also, the Buccaneers did what we expected the Buccaneers to do. They rolled the Giants 30-10. to Gronk came back in a big way. Brady throws for over 300 yards. Two touchdowns. Lakers at the Knicks tonight without LeBron James suspended for one game. We'll get to uh, your phone calls on this and the Baseball Hall of Fame. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We'll talk to the great actor Ray Liotta of uh, Goodfellas fame and also Copland. There's a new Sopranos movie that he's involved in that too. Many Saints in Newark. Okay, yeah, raising that. I think he was up for Tony Soprano's role in the original, wasn't he? He, James he, Gandolfini's role. Was he up for that, Paulie? I, I had heard an interview with him where he was up for a role in The Sopranos back in the day, hmm. I think in season two, and he, I think he passed on it because he didn't want to be more typecast with that. Hmm. Okay. But he's always a bad guy, a tough guy, angry guy. Yeah, Paul. You ever see that movie Narc with Jason Patrick? Yeah. Yes. Ray Liotta, I wouldn't mess with him in that movie. Yeah. He's very intimidating. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. All right, so uh, he'll join us coming up. Uh, there's a, a report in a local Chicago newspaper, and it has to do with Matt Nagy being fired, uh, no matter what happens in Detroit on Thanksgiving, as the Bears head coach. And we'll keep an eye on this, but from what I've seen, this is the only place where I've seen it uh, reported, and it says Matt Nagy will coach his last game with the Bears game on Thanksgiving against Detroit. I did wonder that to start the show. If he wins that game in Detroit, then you got 10 days of sort of that speculation because they'll have 10 days off before their next game. If they lose the game, then I thought they would probably fire Matt Nagy. If Detroit wins that game, but now it may not matter. So that's something that uh, we'll keep an eye on here. Poll question, final hour, McLovin. Okay, so we put up that MLB PED guys Hall of Fame poll. Basically, who would you put in, and you gave, have choices, Bonds, Clemens, A-Rod, Sosa, none of the above or all of the above. None of the above, 70%. All of the above, 13%. Mm. Then there's a 10% for Bonds, 1% A-Rod, 0.0 for Sammy Sosa. Baseball writers of America revealed their Hall of Fame ballot yesterday, and it has led to some heated debates. A-Rod and Big Poppy are on the ballot. Uh, say goodbye to Kurt Schilling. Roger Clemens, Barry Bond, Sammy Sosa still holding on. Uh, first time on the ballot for A-Rod and Big Poppy. Uh, last time for Schilling, Clemens, Bonds, and Sosa. And when you think about it, we don't talk about PEDs as much as we used to. Now, that doesn't mean that the athletes don't use them. It's just hard to imagine the level of scandal that would ever reach what it did with Bonds and Clemens. And having players, former players, go in front of Congress... Schilling is completely different because he says he doesn't want to be voted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think he's a Hall of Famer, but for whatever reason, the writers don't want to put him in. If you want to factor in his politics and if that goes into the criteria of, you know, Pro Football Hall of Fame, they are not supposed to factor in off the field. But they do. Uh, they did that with Michael Irvin, but they didn't do it with Lawrence Taylor. 
Kurt Schilling off the field, and if that's something they're going to hold against him and doesn't fit in with the criteria of what they expect out of a baseball Hall of Famer, then you know that's the baseball writers of America. The pressure of being the last year on the ballot could create some surprises and maybe cause some really strong reactions, whatever the outcome is. And I don't know if you can get on a PR campaign. If I'm Bonds or Clemens, do I do anything? Can I do anything? I don't want to apologize. I don't want to apologize now, but I'm just curious if they could, you know, can you sway enough voters? Because what did, what did they get this past year? Just over 57%, uh, Paulie? Yeah, they're pretty close. And Schilling, I think, was 16 votes away. Mm. He's in the, the, he's like two percentile away. Well, you got to have 75% of the vote. But uh, I don't, I thought Bonds and Sosa were, or Bonds and, do you have it, McLevin? Well, I got Schilling right at 71.1%, yeah. so he's really close. Yeah. Uh, Bonds got a 61.8%. Um, Sammy Sosa, 17. Clemens? Clemens, 61.6. Almost identical yeah, to Bonds. It feels like if you vote Bonds, you vote Clemens. If you vote Clemens, you vote Bonds. But maybe Schilling gets in. Maybe maybe gets in. And, and I still go back, and I've said this before, you know, it, it's the history of the game. And there are some questionable people in the Hall of Fame. It's the history of the game. And, and I do think you can tell the history of the game. Do I want Bonds and Clemens celebrated? No, I don't. Now, what I saw from them was pretty incredible. And yes, I know. Steroids don't help you hit a baseball. They help you hit a baseball farther. And Barry, Barry Bonds was, was not a home run hitter. Ben Johnson was already fast. Steroids made him the fastest man on the planet. If you're good enough to make it to the majors, you can put the bat on the ball. Now, if I know that you're really good at doing that, and I allow you to add some more power, well, yes, it's a recipe for success. I just, I can't honor that. If they put him in the Hall of Fame, they put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, okay, I move on. No, there's no outcry. And, and I think there was back in the 90s, just because I think I was asleep at the wheel with a lot of what was going on. Had no idea with Giambi and, and uh, McGuire, and I was friends with them. And I didn't, I didn't realize it. I didn't know what I was looking for. So I think there's part of me that's like revisionist history, like, hey, if I could have, or what would I say? or you know. and, and maybe there's always going to be that they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame um, because you feel like they cheated. Like, I always feel bad for Hank Aaron. I mean, Hank Aaron is the greatest home run hitter of all time. And, you know, he never hit 50. There was never any questions. One of the great, great people ever play the game. And Barry Bonds blows by him, you know, in home runs. I just didn't, I just didn't like it. And I think as a result, we don't care about numbers anymore in baseball because they became inflated, hollow. We didn't know what was real or not. I was like, okay. If you hit 55, that's almost like you're drawing attention to yourself. Yeah, McLovin. 
There is an annoying analytics argument about this year's class that I could bring you down with if you'd like. Yeah, why don't you ruin my day? Well, you probably agree with this one. So Kurt Schilling, one thing he doesn't have on his side is a win-loss record. But 95% of that reason is he was on a terrible Philly team. Like when you're two years, he led the league in strikeouts and barely had a winning record. Nowadays, the baseball people don't count wins and losses for pitchers. When they look at Cy Young and stuff, Yeah, which is fair. Why is a pitcher so tagged with a win? What if his team stinks? I don't even know why wins and losses on that one. You never count like shortstops wins and losses. So I think people have looked beyond that. So that should have helped Schilling because he had a million strikeouts in Philly, but never won the game. Yeah, but a pitcher has more of an impact than a shortstop does. Right, but you know on a lousy team, like Schilling was 15 and 14 one year and led the league in strikeouts. Well, I know, but I think the analytics have gone the other extreme now. You could win 11 games and be the Cy Young winner. Right, like King Felix. and Yeah. But maybe DeGrom. he's the best pitcher, okay. you know? DeGrom, you, you, you're a huge DeGrom guy. I love what he does, and he, and he gets no run support. I, I have no problem with Schilling going in the Hall of Fame. Even though I don't agree with his politics, and he says some really, really stupid and flammable stuff. But that has nothing to do with what I saw in the baseball field. And that's how I would vote it. Kurt Schilling performed like a Hall of Famer. And you didn't know any of his politics while he was playing, but after the fact, you know, that's... I'm not a baseball writer, obviously. We've talked to baseball writers. I just try to be objective with it. That's all. May not like somebody. Never got along with T.O., but I would. he's one of the great, great players of all time. But I think when it comes to, I'm going to play God, I mean, I don't envy these writers. Certainly the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it feels like every year, you know, they get introduced the new class, and then we criticize who didn't go in. And the same with you know the baseball writers. Yeah, McLovin. By the way, Jacob McGrom, 77 and 53 for his career. Two Cy Youngs. He's close to being a Hall of Famer. He wins one more Cy Young, and in today's standards, he might be a Hall of Famer. Yes, Todd. If you felt you were deserving of the Hall of Fame, would you lobby for it? Would you want to get in that way and go on a whole campaign like you're running for office? Wouldn't that take away some of the specialness? Wait, are you saying I did that to get into the no, Radio I'm not talking Hall about of you Fame? And the oh, it feels I'm talking like about that. Some, you said wow. earlier. You wow. Said, wow. You said lobbying, and you're like, to put a campaign together like Drew Pearson kind of threw a fit and got Watch, all upset. Say it to my face. I mean, wow. You found me out. Yeah. Maybe. Yes, Paulie. The Jacob DeGrom thing is nuts. If you look at his stats, he's he, his stats wins losses. He's an above average pitcher. Seventy seven fifty three in the past four years, he has thirty three wins. He should have about fifty wins. <laughs> his ERA the past four years is one in the National League one point seven, two point four, two point three, one point zero this year. Even though you know last year fifteen starts. Yeah, he's thirty three years old. He may have to go into the Hall of Fame with less than fewer than a hundred wins in his career. These next two years are going to be really important for him going into the Hall of Fame. Yes, he. Why isn't two Cy Youngs enough? I don't know. It just feels like you need a little bit more. How many guys who have won two Cy Youngs aren't in the Hall of Fame, McLevin? Could we? Uh, I will find that at Lincecum, little... right? Tim Lincecum yeah. is the first one. Yeah. Lincecum had his early. Yeah. He had his year two and year three, and then he cooled off big time. Unless you have, if you had two Cy Youngs, but you had a lot of other things that went along with that, kind of a glossy one loss record that I could see, but. DeGrom doesn't have a lot of wins. Incredible, you know, 
walks to innings or strikeouts and ratio and whip and all that stuff. But he he might be on the border on the cusp of being a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Paulie. Kurt Schilling uh, was second in the Cy Young voting twice to his teammate Randy Johnson. He had a battle with Randy. Just, he wasn't even on his, on his own team. He had a battle. Chris in Alabama. Hi, Chris. What's on your mind? How are you this morning, buddy? Great. Hey, man. 5'11 and a soft 280. Soft. Dan, just wanted to call in and give you a couple of points, man. Get your opinion on one thing. Uh, first point is, as far as classing up the NBA, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. Not going to happen. As far as baseball, man, everybody loves shilling. Uh, I think the sports writers are a lot of the reason why. Uh, and bringing it to the politics is why baseball has fallen off with the viewership over the last couple of decades. I mean, if you look at the TV ratings, it only goes up during October. It's definitely not the days of, of Reggie Jackson and Dale Murphy and so forth when baseball was great. Uh, you know, it, it's not Kurt Schilling's politics, as you said, that was out there hurling those balls 100 miles an hour consistently. You know, it was his, his athletic ability, and it just, you know, it, it inflamed me so much that I don't even hardly watch baseball anymore. But I uh, just wanted to get your opinion on what's going to happen with the playoff picks tonight, what order you think it's going to be in, what chance Alabama really does have. Just want to say roll tide, and for Ray Liotta coming up, he's a funny guy. Uh, thank thank you, Jordan. Chris. That's Chris in Alabama. Uh, let's see, four players in the Hall of Fame with two or more Cy Youngs, McLevin? No, that's exactly two. Uh, there's some guys with three or more, but the – this list has a knot in the Hall of Fame with two ends. Denny McLean, yeah. Brett Saberhagen, yeah. Johan Santana, Tim Lincecum now becomes eligible. He hasn't been on the ballot yet. Okay. And there's three active guys, DeGrom, Kluber, and Verlander. Verlander's a Hall of Famer. Uh, who else? Uh, Corey Kluber. Not a Hall of Famer. Jacob DeGrom. Probably going to be. Brett Saberhagen's not a Hall of Famer? No. I had a couple of magical years there in Kansas City. That is an injustice. Yeah. Is Clayton Kershaw got two Cy Youngs? Three. Three? Him, he has three. Max Scherzer has three. Yeah, those are both Hall of Famers. Uh, yeah, Paulie. Yeah, uh, you got to space them out. Like Justin Verlander had one <laughs> at age 27, then he has another one at age 36. Space out those Cy Youngs. And then he's going back to the Astros for uh, one more year. 25 mil? Yeah, not bad. All right, more phone calls coming up. We'll talk to uh, the great actor Ray Liotta. Join us coming up next here, Dan Patrick Show. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, which is amazing. There's no limit on how much you can earn. Even more amazing. In fact, even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. That means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. That's discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report Limitation. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Thanksgiving night, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills head to New Orleans to battle Alvin Kamara and the Saints. Thanksgiving night, 8 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. He's Ray Liotta, actor-producer. He was in Field of Dreams. He was in Goodfellas. He was uh, also in the Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints of Newark. And he's in the third and final season of Hannah, premieres 
November 24th on Prime Video. Ray joins us on the program. How many fights have yeah. you been in in your life, Ray? How many fights? Yeah. Honestly, one. It was in seventh grade, and I was the, the, uh, two grammar schools were folded into uh, uh, the junior high school, and some kid, we were arguing about, I think it was something stupid as who had the better food in, in the grammar schools. And we went, I went down to the house because everybody knew there was a fight, and I won. <laughs> but but you appear to be a tough guy in a lot of your roles you're a tough guy are you uh, a tough guy tough in what we know not really <laughs> <laughs> so you're I'm as peaceful as it comes. like i said i've only been in one fight <laughs> you must be a great actor then to act tough <laughs> ah now nah, you hit it hey let me ask you something Okay. They kept wanting me to remove the cup, uh, the coffee cup, the orange juice, the water. You got 18 things up there. Who's, who's the guy in the red that's got his hand up? Uh, that is Lou Holtz, the former uh, Notre Dame and Arkansas head coach. You can put whatever you want up there, Ray. Ah, I don't so, care. No, I'm joking. No, yeah. I'm not joking. <laughs> what do people say to you on a daily basis, depending on where you are? What do you get on the street? Uh, you're the best looking actor that I've ever seen in my life. Okay. No. Okay. No, 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 they'll either do, they'll either just say hello or for a while it was, you're a funny guy. Uh, it's not a bad price to pay. But, you know, it's one of those where you're, some actors are known for a role and then you try to escape the role a little bit or try to do something different. Uh, how tough well, is that? Sorry. Now you'll see the tough guy comes in. Uh, I, my first movie was a movie, Something Wild, and I played a maniac. And I would read, and I didn't get it till I was 30 years old. That's when I did my first movie. Uh, I forgot the question again. About you try to distance yourself from, you know. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. So after Something Wild, I did the movie Dominic and Eugene with Tom Holtz, which was a beautiful, I was a medical uh a uh, student that uh, had to move to Stanford. But uh, my brother, who was brain damaged, and we find out later that was because of physical abuse, but I had to leave him. It was a really beautiful story. And in and, and Field of Dreams, I didn't, like, hit Kevin with the bat. <laughs> that was a nice one. I did a couple of Muppet movies, too. What, what kind of athlete were you? I was... Okay, I played soccer and, and basketball, but the soccer, I, uh, I think I was better at. But I never, it just went to high school and that was it. Did you audition for Field of Dreams? No. No, I think they just brought me in. And I think it was just an out-and-out -out offer, I think. How long were you in Iowa? Did you see? Um, you must have seen the uh, the game that they played on yeah. the field. Yeah, that was beautiful. They yeah. really, really did a good job. Uh, so, what'd you ask me again? How long were you in Iowa? <laughs> Probably two months, maybe a little more. This was beautiful. Have you watched that movie? No, I've never seen it. <laughs> I haven't. Do you not watch your movies? 
not a lot of them. I mean, a lot of a lot of them. I don't uh, do it. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's all Goodfellas, maybe a couple others, but in general, I probably have more movies that I haven't seen. But can you watch now that you're further removed from it? Watch the watch a movie. Yeah, that you were in. No, you know, sometimes I'm changing channels and oh, I was in that one, and it just kept. It keeps going on. <laughs> well, I wondered because some, you know, you sit and listen to yourself talk. Uh, I don't. I don't listen to the replay of the show. Yeah. All right. See, we're the same. Well, it's that I used to when I did Sports Center. The show would be over. I'd get the tape and I'd watch the entire Sports Center and look at all the things I didn't do well or right. And. Were you, were you in the beginning of that? No, I got there. Uh, I was 10 years in. So uh, 1989 is when I got there. Huh. But yeah, they started in the early 80s with Chris Berman and company. But yeah, I, I got there uh, late, nine, late 80s. But I would analyze everything I was doing, and then it was defeating right. the purpose. So I wasn't looking at what I did well. I would, I would look at what I didn't do well. And I didn't know if that's what... Would you be doing that? Would you be critical of yourself if you're watching? Oh, yeah, totally. It's all about lighting. If I'm not looking good, I'm done. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I tell, I, I'm not joking. You know, they tell you, like, all right, all right, move to your left, move to your right. And I said, guys, just tell me, like, when the light, the lighting is better over there than here, and I'll move in a second. Just because you know that you're going to look good. Totally. Yeah. And I noticed you wore the blue shirt nah. because of the blue eyes. I mean, come on. That's smart move. That's a veteran move by you right now. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> All right. If you weren't an actor, you would have been. A, a musician. I was just talking last night with my fiance. Uh, uh, JC. Uh, a cop. Or a, a musician, like someone who knows how to play guitar. I played guitar like a thousand years ago, and uh, I just didn't take it. I just found it. It wasn't for me. And then you, like Copland, did you embrace that sort of feel, you know, that? Yeah. I, I used to do ride-alongs with, with, with the cops. Uh, he, one guy was a sergeant, and the first call we had to go on, it turned out there was a body part because something blew up in this person's house oh boy so i've done that i i i've I, I researched a lot in the beginning goodfellas i had a guy who was in it or claimed that he was in it he actually was uh what else did i do i've watched autopsies i i did a movie where i played a heart surgeon and i just sat back and watched them just what they do just to get and the uh the doctor said, you've been here all the time. You want to come up here and see what we're doing? And I said, yeah. And what what the, the woman's chest was wide open and they were doing heart surgery. And he he said, you want to touch her heart? Oh, boy. I said, yeah. I mean, how many opportunities <laughs> you get with that? And I put my finger in and and touched this woman, her, 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 her heart. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> Well, that's not that's unique. I mean, it's not yeah, I standard want, practice I want, there on the operating no. table. 
I, I, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I also, uh, I did, I watched a, a brain uh, off topic because I, I was doing a, what the hell was the one I did with Anthony Hopkins? Is this where they're feeding you the brain? Was it Hannibal? Yeah. Yeah. And I, they said, what, what do you want to eat for it? And I said, well, I can't imagine it tastes good. Just give me dark meat chicken. I just don't like dark meat chicken. So they put it, there was there, and then, then Tony feeds it to me, and <laughs> I, I eat dark chicken. Dark meat chicken. Uh, we're talking to Ray Liotta, the actor, producer, and uh, he's in the third and final season of Hannah. What made you jump on this role? Cash. <laughs> well you have now, admitted before that you've taken roles for just the money i have and because i needed it you know i've definitely had an up and down career that's now on a slow rise um yeah i, I used to watch open uh uh brain surgery that one was crazy and the, the guy's awake because I didn't know how I was supposed to do it. I didn't you know, but, and, and he was awake. And I, he was there, and then I turned around, and it was the 405 freeway. So, so you uh, you took Hannah for cash? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. no. Okay. It, it was, it was, <laughs> I had seen two seasons before they, uh, when they offered it to me just to see what it was, and it just looked, compelling it looks like what we did it really has a great momentum to it my guy my guys were excited uh that you were going to be on they want to know if they could ask you uh, a, a question if that's okay sure okay all right uh fritzy do you want to do the joe pesci impersonation and get that out of the way for ray we could do that okay go ahead well how am i funny like how am i like a clown i'm here to amuse you how am I for how how am I funny? You tell me how why am how am I so funny to you? I got nothing else to do but make you laugh. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Ray? It was very good. He's a funny guy. Okay. <laughs> funny? Uh, do, do, Mr. Q. Do you, yeah, I know. Todd. How am I funny? Like how? Explain to no, me. No, no, no. You're done. What's you, so no. funny about no. me? Stop. You you already got it. You now but what you did was better than what I did. So stop. Get out of here. I just kind of like took it for a while. McLovin, you got a question for Ray. All right. I did all this research. There's so many roles that you're reported to have passed on. Mm, is there one? No, I know what you're going to ask me. Yeah. Well, no, I was just going to ask. Is there one that you regret that was true? The Passing only on one I, I would regret was they came to me for the first Batman and the, uh, but I didn't, you know, I'm saying Batman. I'm like, oh, in my 30s, Batman just seems silly. And then all of a sudden that phase took off. <laughs> I'm not sorry about it, but it's also not what I did. Seton, your, your uh, question. Can I ask two? Sure. Do you have a favorite guitar player? Since you mentioned uh, the musician thing, do you have a favorite guitar player that you really like? And then my other question was... I really was like Stevie Ray Vaughan. I liked... Uh, the guy who who's with uh was with Donald Fagan, um, Walter Becker. The, the, no, Walter, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really good too. Yeah. And what was the other question, Seaton? Oh, how did uh, growing up in New Jersey impact you as an actor? Uh, 
Not, not really. I, I, I never wanted to do this. I just went to college because my, my dad wanted me to. And I got into the University of Miami, which at that time, you just needed a pulse to get in there because I walked out of my SATs. And uh, I was in line to take liberal arts and you had to take a math and a history. I don't even know why I'm telling this story. Uh, and I just said, there's no way I'm going to do math and history. And right to the left was for the drama department. I took a step over at a drama class that uh, in, in high school, but still I never did. I just figured it out. I don't just just mess around for a year in Miami. Paulie, your question. Uh, you did two movies back to back. One of them I just love, Phoenix. You played the cop with a gambling problem. I love that movie. But you did a, a HBO movie called The Rack, Rat Pack where you played Frank Sinatra. Yeah. And it felt like you were singing a lot of the stuff in the movie. How much singing did you and how tough was that? Well, I yeah, I sang, but it was to his music. Actually, they couldn't even afford to use Sinatra's music. So they had a... Uh, a guy who sang just like him, like what you were doing. And, uh, and so uh, we, that's it. Come on. That's it. That's all we got, Ray. That's it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Let's, uh, is this your house? What? Is this your house? No, it's my man cave. <laughs> that's what I mean. Uh, where at your, at your home? Uh, no, in Connecticut. It, it's a uh, big, big, uh, big studio. I, I took over a kind of a warehouse and made it a man cave. So we well, got a basketball court in here and a bar and a football <laughs> field. Yeah. Life's good. Life's good. Yes, it looks like. Yeah. All right. I'll wave to you like Lou Holtz's. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Thank good, you. good luck with Hannah. Thank you. That's uh, Ray Liotta. Field of Dreams, Many Saints in Newark. And the third and final season of Hannah, that premieres November 24th on Prime Video. All right, Todd, you got to do your impersonation. That was a fantastic moment. Thank yeah, you. Making it, dreams come true know, again. But, but then you didn't stop. I know. This is, that's what I do. I overdo it. And, uh, <laughs> but that was, that was very cool because I love that movie. And that was cool. Did you see Ray's look, though? And he's, he's trying to process what you're doing there. One of my all-time favorite scenes, and I can't believe I oh, just no, did you, that. Oh, no, Todd sent me the scene this morning. He goes, uh, just you know, in case you want to get familiar with this. And I was like, for what? He goes, well, no, if it comes up on the interview with Ray. Oh, yeah. so you think that was my way of like laying, you know, that, that give, you know, to oh, tee me up to do come that? come on, Todd. You're better see than that. See right through me. You're better than that. Yeah, Paulie. Ray's a great actor, but I think we may be missing the boat on a reality series. I like to just follow Ray around all day. He's interesting. <laughs> Fire that up. Yeah. All right. Uh, a couple of phone calls in here, then we'll take a break. Uh, Timmy in Virginia. Hi, Timmy. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, yeah, you were talking earlier about Bonds and Clemens and how the steroids tainted their numbers. I'm, I've been a lifelong Pete Rose fan, and obviously understand the the betting and the you know sometimes he comes across as a jerk, but his hit record is like to me one of the purest numbers in sports. How do you compare the two as far as who's more likely to make it into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, you know, Pete's not getting in the Hall of Fame. That ain't happening. Just, really? Nope. Not ain't happening. That's not happening to him. Thanks for the phone call. No, we talk about this every year. He's just not not getting in the Hall of Fame. Pete, to me, could have gotten into the Hall of Fame if he had an act of contrition and he said to the commissioner, how do I give back to the game? How do I work with you? How do we make this better? 
how can I restore my you know good name? And I do think that that commissioner, Bud Selig, would have said, how about, my suggestion was, and I even talked to the commissioner about it, and I said, have Pete go into the minor leagues and talk to these young kids and let him know what happened, that he got caught up in this, and that there's going to be things that are going to happen when you get to the majors, when you make money, who you socialize with. Uh, and Pete, I think, could have gotten back in the good graces of baseball by giving back. But Pete, what made Pete great is what is keeping him, has kept him out of the Hall of Fame. He just refuses to give in, and it's not going to happen. If it is, it'll be posthumously. But you can't put Pete in and not put in Shoeless Joe Jackson. You know, it just, in my opinion, you can't. Uh, but Pete's not getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Bill in Florida. Hi, Bill. Thanks for holding. What's on your mind? Hey, Bill. Bye, Bill. We'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. Back after this. Black Friday is one of the biggest shopping days of the year, one of the biggest opportunities for scammers. Some of the most common scams include buying a gift online that never arrives, sellers demanding payment with gift cards, fake shopping websites, and fake delivery notifications. Above all, it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives every day. In an instant, a cybercriminal could steal what's yours, sometimes even harm your finances and your credit. That's why LifeLock comes to the rescue helping you detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but protect what is yours with LifeLock by Norton. Save big during the Black Friday sale. Join now. Save up to 35% off your first year. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Promo code PATRICK. The sale ends November 30th. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just going over the Ray Liotta interview. Now, McLovin thinks that Ray was kind of playing a role there, that that was a bit. Yeah, he's sort of being the uh, fun, older actor. He had a lot of jokes. I know, but when he said that he was in the operating room and he got to put his finger on a woman's heart, and then I started laughing, and then he goes, what are you laughing about? I go, well, that's not exactly operational procedure where you have somebody who's in there observing and they get to put their finger on somebody's heart. Oh, it was an active surgery? You yeah. saying it yeah. wasn't like a cadaver? No. See, I missed that part. Now that's nuts. Yes. And did he say he touched a brain later on in the interview? I, the word brain I, came I, up. I don't know. <laughs> he was in a role. He was in Hannibal and then he was supposed to be fed part of his brain 
and then I think they gave him dark chicken. <laughs> I don't I don't know what was going on. That's the first time I've ever interviewed Ray. I don't know what was real and what's not. Seaton? He said that is the brain, and then that's the four oh five. Mission accomplished. Uh, so uh what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, McLovin. The show Hannibal. I thought he was still talking about the show Hannah, which no. I could not figure out why. <laughs> the show Hannah, he was eating dark chicken. Then he really he hit home dark chicken. He said it twice. And then I'm, you know, he's on to promote Hannah. And so I said, oh, why'd you take the role? You know, cash. And then I, then he started talking about brain surgery again. And then I thought, he's got to get in the plug for the show. And then I hit him again with it. Yes, McLevin. If you're, if you're about to get a surgery and Ray Liotta wants to observe, <laughs> I'm going to advise you pass on that opportunity. Here, sign your left leg. And there's Ray Liotta. <laughs> uh, but he hadn't seen Field of Dreams. I, I think there's a lot of actors and actresses who don't watch their work. Because I think you can get in your head. Uh, I know just in you know being a sportscaster... I don't want to watch. I, I just don't. Yeah, McLeod. Or, yes. Because I know he said, like, do you listen back to your radio show? But it's like, no, but we don't have somebody editing it for us to see. Like, so did it work? Yeah, I mean, when you're piecing together a movie yeah. or a TV show, there's a whole process that happens after you did your work. Yeah. That I, I would always be curious, I think, if I was an actor to see. I don't know. Yeah, let's see. Did this work? How'd it come out? I think you're always going to be critical. Mm. Yeah, McLovin. I just go with it comes on cable. Do you sit there and watch the scene uh, at the dance off? I do because I want to see Jennifer Aniston because she looks great. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I don't watch for my acting as much as I watch for Jennifer and, and you know, her reaction to my acting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she's great in that. Yes, she is. Yes, Paul. I can understand an actor waiting until you see the reaction to a movie, but Field of Dreams is pretty beloved. And pretty, not, it's not critiqued a lot. It's, and he could you know, go back and watch that movie. He actually has a small role. You wouldn't watch Field of Dreams? Well, Goodfellas? He said he'd watch that. Yeah. But that's like in the top echelon. Yeah. Yeah, but Field of Dreams is up there too. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a well-done movie. Yes, McClellan. If he, you went up to him and said, Dad, you want to have a catch, you'd have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you just say to me? What? Yes. What are you trying to catch? Yeah. Yes, Todd. If you if you build it, what happens? <laughs> Someone's coming over? Wait, who's coming? Oh. All right. Uh, last call for phone calls. Uh, Brian Baumgartner, our good buddy from the office, going to join us. Maybe he's seen Field of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I watch I... all of my films back. <laughs> so Kevin from the office is going to join us. I've never seen an episode. No, that's not a good impersonation. That's, I thought he does the big mouth thing. No, but that, that's not your forte. Seton did a little bit better. Now there's pressure on me. <laughs> I watch all of my movies. Right? Well, maybe not. Maybe neither. Well, first, the first one was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, Brady Quinn is going to join us on the pro. Maybe we just ask those guys what they think of Ray Liotta's performances tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm laughing through the whole Ray Liotta interview. I, I thought he was punking me. I wasn't sure. And then I'm still not sure. And then I got done and McLovin goes, oh, that was definitely an act. And I go, are you kidding me? All right. 
Yeah, McLovin. I love that we're turning to Kevin from the office to bring it, get us back on the rail to normalcy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. This day in sports history, Paulie. 1971, the Washington Senators announced they're moving to Texas with the new name, the Texas Rangers. Mm. 1971. Mm -hmm. 1984, Boston College defeated Miami 47-45 on quarterback Doug Flutie's last second 64-yard pass to Gerard Phelan. What year was that? 84. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I think that was the... I saw Flutie at West Point that year. I, I think I, I I know I saw Flutie play against West Point against Army, but uh, yeah, he won the Heisman on that that signature throw there, Gerard Phelan. Uh, let's see, the Eagles beat the Cowboys twenty-seven to nothing in a game in which Dallas coach Jimmy Johnson accused the Eagles coach Buddy Ryan of placing bounties on players. That was nineteen eighty-nine. That was a big deal at the time, and I remember. A uh, now former player, but at the time a current player said, no, we have these. We just don't let people know we have bounties. Hey, who's going to take out the kicker? No. Who's going to take out the quarterback? It, that This was back then, and it would be they'd put money into a hat, and then they would disperse the money after a game. But yeah, bounties have been around for a long, long time. All right, uh, let's see. Anything else that uh, needs to be mentioned here? Mike Garrett won the Heisman Trophy on this day in 1965 for uh, USC. Uh, Sunday night, or no, Thanksgiving night football. It'll be Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, going to New Orleans to battle Alvin Kamara and the Saints. That'll be Thanksgiving night at 8 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Some of the other games, you got the Rams at Green Bay. That's a great game on Fox on Sunday. And it felt like the uh, two teams that were came down to the wire were the Packers and the Rams for Odell Beckham. Uh, Tennessee will be at New England. Is this the best game of the weekend? I'd probably say the Rams against Green Bay is spicier. Rams need a win. They could use a nice big win here. Tennessee at New, New England. Um are we sold on either one of these teams? Certainly what happened with the Titans last week. Buffalo at New Orleans, uh, as I mentioned, that feels like it's really important for both of those teams. Vegas at Dallas. Uh, wow. Last time we saw Dallas play the Raiders, that was Thanksgiving Day 2013. Do you guys remember who the quarterbacks were? So this is 2013 Raiders Cowboys Thanksgiving Day. You should know one. Tony Romo. The other one, I believe a Penn State quarterback. Paulie? Oh, no. Uh, McS Trace oh. McSorley? No, no. No. Close. Oh, oh. Close. I'm not going to tell you, so it hurts. It starts with an M. It starts with an M. Right? Yeah. Not Christian Hackenberg. That <laughs> doesn't start with an M. And yeah, a but I would say a Penn State quarterback. <laughs> Mission Mackenberg. <laughs> Matt McGloin. Oh, oh. oh <laughs> McGloin injury. Yes. Oh, I just pulled my McGloin. All right. Uh, let's go around the room what we learn on the program. Todd, I'll start with you. What did you learn on today's program? The, uh, wait, what did you ask me? 
Like zero to get Okay. Uh, you might be better off rooting for the Jets. Wait, wait, what are we talking about? What we learned? All right. You might be better right, off rooting right. for the Jets in New York with the Giants lacking any identity. McLovin, what did you learn? Uh, that was dark meat when he was eating brains in Hannah. Uh, Seton O'Connor. Ray Liotta was in one fight in seventh grade and won. Anyone? Paulie? Ray Liotta, reality show. Let's do it. What we learned brought to you by 2021 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member is waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Whew. I need a nap. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, the all-around support for this program. For Seton, Pauly, Fritz, and McLovin, yours truly, Dan Patrick Show. One more item. We close out the show. DraftKings this Thanksgiving. The official daily fantasy partner of the NFL is going to give you a chance to gobble up some winnings. New customers can play free for millions with their first deposit. Nothing goes better with your turkey and stuffing and pie than feasting on big cash prizes from DraftKings. So you don't want to sleep on this offer. Playing daily fantasy football is simple. You pick your lineup of NFL stars and then you stay under the salary cap, score enough points to bring home some cash and a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, you'll have another reason to be thankful this year. DraftKings, safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Make sure you download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code PATRICK to play free for millions this Thanksgiving weekend. That's right, promo code PATRICK. Get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.